We're talking travel on to NURFM. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel On King. And what a good day to be thinking about somewhere warm to go. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein. And where are we off to, Sal? Jane, we're off to Vanuatu, those lovely little group of islands which are sort of northeast of Australia, if you like. About same flying distance as Cairns, roughly. So it's a nice short destination to go to. Um, the weather is usually pretty good at this time of the year because you're in their dry season, whereas opposed to their wet season, of course, which is the same as ours in North Queensland. So basically the same climate as you would get in North Queensland. Now, I've been travelling to Vanuatu for, we worked out, over 30 years. Really? So I've noticed some changes, of course, but they're very slow changes. It's still very much island time, island life, particularly once you get away from, say, the major cities. And, of course, they're not large cities as we know them. Um, Port Vila, which is your capital, is on the island of Afate. It is not the largest island, but that's the, the main island, if you like, of that archipelago of about 83 islands. So it's quite a, it's a Y-shaped group of islands, and it's sort of, if you like, east of New Caledonia. So if you can sort of picture a little triangle with New Cal down the bottom, um, Vanuatu off to your left and Fiji off to your right, they're in that little group of, of islands there in the South Pacific. We this time went to um, the main island of Afate and also across to Tana, which is famous for its volcano. Now, people will say, why is it such you know, a, a famous volcano? Well, the reason is it's the most accessible volcano in the world. So you can walk right up to the rim, depending on how active it is. Now, the last time we went, we didn't get right up to the rim because it was spewing quite a bit. So we had to stay down on the lower slopes. This time, however, we were able to walk right up to the rim and you can hear it boiling and you know glowing and there were little spits and spots coming up, but nothing big that, we, that you were at any danger, of course. So and you didn't feel that it wasn't safe at all? No, you didn't, no. And you, you have a guide go up with you and you, you, know, you take, um, obviously, torchlights because the idea is to get there just around sunset. So you, then you see it from day going into night, and of course, then you see the real glow of the volcano, of course, which is mar- far more, you know, obvious in, in the night time, which is just a fantastic thing to do. It's an amazing <coughs> thing to do. It is an amazing thing, and of course, they, they get a bit upset a lot of the local Niban people when they always hear that you're going to Tanna, because the people from uh, one of the other islands, um, Ambram, it's got two volcanoes on it, but they're not as accessible. That's that's the difference. So, so by accessible, you mean you can just drive up to... You can port. drive up. There's a fee you have to pay. Um, most of your little lodges on Tanner Island will organise a tour to take you up there in a four-wheel drive. When we did it many years ago, I can't think now. I was just, I've lost track of time, but I think it might have been about 15 years ago, the last time we were on Tanner. But the road was still the same that had been dug out by hand in the Second World War. So you're on a four-wheel drive and you were sinking up to your hubs on a regular basis. It was I have never been on such a road in my entire life. To this day, there's nothing beat it, beaten it. They have improved the road. It is still dirt. It still has corrugations and potholes, but they're no longer about three foot deep. So <laughs> you do get there a little bit quicker now. It was a very slow journey last time to get there. The amazing thing once you get there... It's like a speedway on the actual um, volcanic ash. It packs down very hard and it's smooth as. So once you get off the road, and I don't know how they know their way around. I mean, there's no signs, there's no nothing, but these local knee bands, I guess they've done it so often and taken people there. 
and I'm, I would be lost. I couldn't drive around there on my own, you know, at, at night. And they're coming at night. There's no lights other than the lights of your car. But amazing, absolutely an amazing thing to do. Take your kids if you've got kids or grandkids. You know, if you're going to go to Vanuatu, you really, I feel, must include Tanner. Also, what they do have is there's one particular village there that is what they call a custom village who actually has nothing to do with Western ways. And it's not a, a gimmicky tourist thing. It's genuine. And the men and just wear the nambus or the, the woven little cloth thing in front of their private parts. Um, and basically they're naked other than that. And the women just wear grass skirts. And sometimes for modesty, if people come, they'll wear a little grass bit hanging over their breasts. Um, they have two different sorts of dances done by the people. The men are the main dancers, and these is quite a, very much like our Indigenous, with a lot of the stamping of the feet, but singing and so on. And um, and the women are secondary, and they circle, and the children circle round the men. Uh, but the men are the main dancers. And then the women and children do a separate dance on their own. Um, they are the fittest-looking people I've ever seen. They've, all the men have virtually got six-packs. Um, they lead a very pristine life. They vegetarian, They grow all their own produce, live very, you know, huts, just thatched roof huts, wooden, I mean, earthen floors, you know, very simple. It's hard to think this is only three and a half hours or so from Australia, four hours from Australia. Um, amazing. And no contraception, so unfortunately they have very large families, up to eight and nine children each. And so they do suggest if you would like to make a donation it goes towards the school nearby where the parents have to decide if they can afford to send either one or two is the maximum they can ever afford to send to school so you've got a lot of illiteracy and also in numeracy as well in Vanuatu so they're trying to to change that so the more people can go and visit and and help it's a great thing to do and not just on Tanner I'm sure it's on other islands as well but certainly a great island to visit as I said and to go to the custom village and they have a market day you went and looked at the markets and honestly you should have seen the fresh fruit and vegetables like huge heirloom tomatoes I've never seen anything with a pesticide and growing in this volcanic soil. Um, you know, the size of the cucumbers, and the beautiful greens, um, all the fruit and veg are absolutely beautiful and fresh. So in the village I went to, they did have two pigs there, but they're kept basically for ceremonial uh, occasions throughout the year. So they basically are a vegetarian diet and only have a little bit of meat every so often because it's too expensive, obviously, for them to raise the pigs and feed them as well. So very interesting island to go to. And I'll talk about Santo next, and that's a very interesting island as well, but for a lot of different reasons. Travel is the subject, and we do it for our sponsor, Travel on King on 2NURFM. Sally Lucas, we're in Vanuatu. We've just wowed ourselves with volcanoes Mm -hmm. and village life, and now we're off to Santo. And Santo is famous for a few different reasons, Jane. Um, uh, Spectacularly, I guess, again, through the Second World War in the Pacific, uh, was the sinking of the President Coolidge, and that has become a famous dive site. So divers worldwide flock to Santo. Um, The quality of the water is beautiful and also for snorkelling. And they've got a lot of these unique blue holes where it's some sort of mineral content in the water, and it's a deep, almost midnight blue just spectacular and we were staying at a resort, uh, Oyster Island Resort, which uh, was near one of these blue holes. It was a 45 minute kayak ride up the river to get there but you got there, oh wow. But even just the kayak up the river was just beautiful. You just felt you were in 
the middle of Jurassic Park or something, you know, the, the thick jungle and just, just absolutely beautiful. Um, the other thing they've got there, which is interesting, is a, is a, a point, which is called Million Dollar Point. Now, what happened there was the Americans at the end of the war dumped all their gear and equipment into the ocean. Um, lorries, bulldozers, trucks, forklifts, everything, and just dumped it all about 40 metres off the beach. So people go there to dive as well. But it's a large island. Um, it's one of your largest. It's the second largest island. Malakula is your largest island, but it has got less population. Um, Sandhoe's got lots of beautiful things to do. There's some unique caves. You've got, it's quite a walk going up into the centre. You drive so far, then you walk for about, I think it's an hour. Then you float, or if you're a good swimmer, but they give you flotation devices, 45 minutes into this incredible section, a set of caves. Mm. Um, so, you know, you've got some quite unique things you can do. And also they've got Champagne Beach, which is recognised as one of the world's whitest beaches. And that's where a lot of the cruise ships uh, anchor off. Um, and they spend a day there at this beautiful beach. It is coming of age. It's, as I said, with Vanuatu, it's taken a while. Progress is slow. Um, it was originally a Brent, uh, French, sorry, British condominium, and they gained their independence only 34 years ago last month. So they've just finished celebrations again of their independence. And what they're trying to do is retain, of course, all the local artefacts, that, that beautiful art and craft work, you know, all the hand painting, lots of um, island artists that have wonderful evocative paintings on material and, you know, things you can buy, of course, but artwork as well and, and sculptures and all this sort of thing, which is quite fantastic. The other island, which I haven't been to, which would still be a great one to go to, would be Pentecost, made famous because of the land divers, of course, which they say is where bungee jumping probably originated from. So between April and June, you can go across there and watch the land divers, which would be quite something spectacular to do as well. So, yes, uh, Santo has a lot to offer in its own right. But then again, you come back to the main island of Afate and you have got lovely beaches there. You've got your main township, some lovely restaurants. They have increased the accommodation now so you can get everything from lovely independent luxury villas, you know, down to your basic motel-style accommodation. So there's really the whole gamut there now of price range, so it could suit any budget. And there on um, Afate, you've got this wonderful marine sanctuary called Hideaway Island and you've only got to swim about three metres out and or less and then you're amongst it. You've never seen, because it's got a coral reef protecting it, so all the fish have got plenty and everything to feed off. So it's a wonderful thing to do. And they've got the only underwater post office in the world where you can post your letters. So you've done that? No, I haven't done that. <laughs> you would need a waterproof postcard. You would. And they've got these new underwater scooters now where you don't have to have experience and you, it's, you sit on this I saw them. I didn't see them underwater. I saw them where they were hiring them. And you, you go down underwater and scoot around underwater. So they've got some really different things you could do there now. And, of course, you can go on lovely sailing trips to some of the smaller outer islands where you get permission from the, um, the chief of the village, you know, to visit that village. So it's lovely because you are still very much in a time warp. Um, no high rise, none of that. And, you know, the buses and the taxis, if the, if the minibus has got to be on the number plate, it's a bus and you just put your hand up and you hop on the bus and, you know, and you, it, it takes you around just about everywhere for 150 bar to. And then you've got taxis which have T in front of their number plate. So, you know, which is a taxi and which is a bus. Is there much influence from the former European 
It's still a little bit. They're trying to retain that as well, Jane, because the French influence was quite strong there for quite some time. And you do find, like, they still in, you know, their bakeries and so on, they still do some of the French, you know, typical French bakery cooking and patisseries and so on. And there are still some French restaurants there, as well as, you know, local restaurants who specialise in in local crab and flying fox you can eat and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But their main, um, if they get tourism, of course, is one of their, their, their main sort of money earners. But copra, the, the dried um, coconut meat, they beautiful coconut products and byproducts and soaps and oils and beautiful volcanic products, which they say is so good for your skin, for psoriasis, all sorts of things. They have volcanic soaps made from the ash. And also they've got a beautiful beef because it's very lush. So they have a, a beef market. And the, well, I guess their biggest is probably their coffee beans. And they grow a lot of them on Tanner as well. So the coffee is quite quite unique and I brought some of those home too so wonderful wonderful fresh coffee yes and Vanuatu sounds a great place to go it is and so close to home thank you Sally Lucas thanks Jane and we'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM